What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Face Off with Chris. I am Christy Francesco, and uh, I'm a little bit under the weather this week, as you guys could probably tell from my nasally voice. It probably sounds awful coming through a microphone. Uh, however, I had an, a really cool interview set up with Bill Meltzer, uh, flyers.com, hockeybuzz.com, uh, and I really wanted to talk to him. So uh, I made it happen. I just threw as much medicine down my throat as I could to make sure that I could speak. Uh, and we took care of uh, a really fun interview over 40 minutes. Bill and I spoke about a ton of things. Um, this being the most difficult flyer season he, he's ever been a part of, especially from a just an overall puzzling standpoint, like how just everything that could go wrong did. Um, what the offseason is going to look like how the Flyers are shaping up for the draft, if they if he believes they plan on maybe trading that pick uh, or just going through and, and making that 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 fifth overall choice. Um, and then we talk about the coaching search. That's how we kick off the interview is his thoughts on Barry Trotz being let go and uh, where he fits into the Flyers offseason plans. Uh, so thank you guys very much for sticking with me here. As I, as I tried to get through the episode this week, I thought I did really well. Thank goodness that bill is a, a great speaker overall. So he helped me get through my own podcast, which was um, thank you very much. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but nonetheless, looking forward to getting back to you guys again next week. Uh, we're going to talk about some possible prospects uh, that the, the flyers could have a shot at, uh, at the number five spot in July at the NHL draft. Uh, so looking forward to that um, at Christy Fran uh, eight, six on Twitter. You guys can check me out there. All show updates run through there. Anywhere you guys listen to podcasts, you can hear Face Off with Chris anywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, Breaker. There's a hundred places now that you can listen to podcasts. So um, definitely check that out there. Give us a five-star review if you believe we deserve it. Uh, that goes a long way. Uh, I really do appreciate those who have already done it. Uh, so Thank you very much. So coming up on the other side is my conversation with Bill Meltzer. Uh, we talk about everything and anything that you guys want to know about the Philadelphia Flyers and what's happening with that organization. So check it out. Uh, Fist off with Chris. Uh, have a good one, everybody. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Bye-bye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Face Off with Chris. I am your host, Christy Francesco. And joining me this week... Um, Geez, I had Jason Martinez on last week. and I just ran down a bunch of things that he did, and this is no different. Uh, NHL.com, Flyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com. Bill Meltzer, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm doing great, Chris. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing the best that I can. Better than I deserve. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, before we even uh, locked on here, I had a bunch of different things that I want to talk to you about, and then Barry Trotz was fired. Uh so I guess my, my first question, which I'm sure you've already, you know, talked about many times or even thought about uh, quite, quite often now since it's happened, do you see Barry Trotz as an option at all moving forward with the Flyers? Certainly. Um, you know, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure the Flyers have a high degree of interest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that uh, they will make an offer that's, right in line with or, or superior to any offer you get anywhere else. I mean, one thing I do know for a fact is the, the pledge for, you know, a blank check <laughs> where you can improve the team, particularly where there's no not a salary cap issue, right? It's just a, it's an internal spending thing. 
they're serious about that. So, yeah. you know, it would be it would be a, a big name addition. It'd be something that shows that you're serious about improving. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a coach with a proving track record in areas that they need specifically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's so much you, you know, there's only so much you can do in an off season, but trots would help significantly in, in, uh, you know, a couple of things that they very much, they very much desperately need no matter what they do with the roster. So maybe not what you've necessarily heard or maybe rumblings in your personal opinion, who are your top three candidates to you for to, 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 uh, to take over for the flyers? Well, Trotz immediately went to the top of the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say why specifically, because the two things that he does do very well, and players like playing for him for the most part too, mm-hmm. is that uh, he brings structure mm-hmm. and he lowers teams' goals against averages. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much the Flyers in one off season can improve their scoring, but one thing you can do, and Barry Trotz has shown you can do, because when he went to the Islanders, they were ranked dead last in the NHL in goals against the year before. And the year before that, they were, I think, third from last. He came in, and all the team had done was they had lost John Tavares, unrestricted free agency. Mm-hmm. They didn't make any big additions in a year. They, they went from dead last in goals against average to number one. That's insane. So that 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 says a lot to you know what uh, what structure and discipline and 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 uh, you know if you get everybody to buy into systems, you can, you can do with, you know, relatively modest talent on a roster. Um, and then of course he, he went to two conference finals. So, I mean, I, I think he's shown that he can do things like that. Um, and it's something the flyers desperately need because they have tried to get buy-in, you know, and mm-hmm. they just, you know, they, they've tried it in different ways and it, it worked in the 2019, 20 season. Mm-hmm. It certainly has not worked the last two seasons. So if you're gonna you're gonna aim for that, go for the coach that has the record of doing the best at that specific thing. So that that's why to me he'd be he'd be number one on the list. Um, number two on the list is almost the reverse of that, in that um, Boudreau, Bruce Boudreaux's team score goals. Yeah, and um, you know he he encourages creativity. Players for the most part again and enjoy playing for him. Um, you know, unlike Barry Trotz, he doesn't have a, a Stanley Cup, but he has a record of success wherever he's gone. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, look what he did in Vancouver. The Vancouver situation seemed absolutely helpless. Yeah. Um, now, now Boudreaux holds some cards here because it's up to him as to whether he he opts out now or whether they they go for the remaining year of the contract and then maybe talk about an extension down the line. So, but they have till May first to do that. So that's. Uh, Rather, yeah, they, so they have to. What a, it's yeah, they have they have to the end of the month. So I'm sorry, right. they have to the end of this month, mm-hmm. June first. So, um, it depends on how long you want to wait. Yeah. My third choice would be a little a little off the map. I know a lot of people would say John Tortorella. Some people would say uh, Paul Maurice, and Paul Maurice is, is he's a good solid coach. Yeah, you know he's been coaching the NHL a long time. It's not going to work any miracles but he's worked with a lot of different kinds of rosters. You know, you don't get a lot, you don't get drama with him. It's yeah. never about, you know, you, you never, you never hear drama or, or feuding with players or anything like that. He's just a solid professional coach. Yeah. 
um, and can provide some stability. And they do need they do they do need stability. But the guy that I'll pick here, Jim Montgomery, wow. did a very good job in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, big part of the reason, you know, and, and obviously Rick Bonus gets credit too because he's the coach to kind of finish the job off. But the reason why Dallas kind of went from the similar situation where the Flyers were at the time to being a to being a finalist to being a team that no one wants to play in the playoffs is a lot of the things that Montgomery brought in and mm-hmm. he got, had a team that was kind of all over the map. You never knew what you were going to get from one streak to the next one month to the next mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, you know, the reasons why he was out of a job and now was strictly his personal life. And he's on top of that seemingly, you know, by all indications. So yeah. he, he deserves another shot in the league. He still is a relatively young coach. And uh, I think, you know, he might not be as splashy of a name as some of the other names out there, but I think he'd do a very good job. So those those would be the top guys. And then, you know, and then there's Tortorella, mm-hmm. right? Talk and, it. Uh, talk if he wants to coach. I don't know how much yeah. talk really wants to jump back into coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his name keeps getting out there. The sense I got when they had the, the alumni um, events here was that talk was, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see. He didn't, he didn't sound all, you know, didn't sound fired up. To, to jump wow. right back into coaching, so maybe maybe his feelings have changed in in uh, the last six months or so. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I'd be a little I'd be a little surprised if Talk ends up being the guy. And I'd be popular among you know uh, you know a segment of the fan base and well liked guy, and he'd give it his all. And he was in unfortunate situations before. Mm-hmm. You know, I know his I know his coaching record is not great. The situation in, in Tampa Bay was worse at the time than even the Flyers situation now. And we know what's going on in Arizona. So right. it's, almost, it's almost, I don't, you know, it's almost like you, you, you can't hold it against the guy for not being a miracle worker. He wouldn't be a miracle worker here either, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, but he's well-prepared, you know, he, he makes, he's demanding, but fair, yeah. you know, but I don't, I just, I just don't see that. I just don't see now being the time and the place to hire, hire top. Now, this is the, this was the uh, the Flyers' worst season since 0607, which was the second year that I started when I was covering the team. I started in 0506 and then 0607 came around and geez, that was that was exciting. Uh, was this the most frustrating or the most puzzling season you've ever been a part of? Uh, yeah, I would say I would say most puzzling because mm-hmm. you know, in 0607, um, beyond Beyond Peter Forsberg and, and uh, Simone Gagne and Mike Knubel, you know, you had a you had a kind of a ragtag line of those thrown together, and you had a lot of unhappy players that just did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. It was not it was not a particularly close knit team, you know, a lot of finger pointing, and it was just a you know it was just a, a bad situation that kept going downhill. Um, so it was a, almost almost in a way a little bit of a a little bit of an easier fix. They got rid of the guys that didn't fit in, didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made the one big trade, the Peter Forsberg trade, that uh, you know they were able to take the first round pick they got out of the package of, of a pick and players that they got. And they flipped that pick back to Nashville and they got Scott Hartnell and Kimo Timonen out of that. Yeah. They, you know, then they, they made the Braden Coburn trade and they went and they, Signed Danny Briere as a free agent. And then all of a sudden, and they also acquired Marty Bieron for an upgrade in goal. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, a year later and they're, they're in the conference final. Yep. This is a much tougher turnaround to, to try to make. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't, uh, they didn't get, and not, I mean, and I think Owen Tippett is going to be a good player for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, he's not going to have the impact that, that a, the combination of Teeman and Hartnell did, right? Right, right. Um, you know, the, the first round pick is pretty far down the line as a 2024 first rounder. So they're not even going to, I don't even know what you got out of that for, for two more <laughs> right. years. And you have to see how the guy develops. So mm-hmm. right now it's Tippett. And uh, again, while I think he's going to be a good player for the Flyers, you know, I don't think he's going to have that instant kind of you know, leadership impact and all, all the other things that that turnaround brought. Um, you know, you, you look at what happened last season and you thought, boy, that was a, that was a worst case scenario, right? Yep. They got a pretty good start until COVID and then, you know, and, and uh, they weren't playing the right way, but the record was good early. Yep. And then the bottom dropped out in March. Mm-hmm. And it all started start with the game in Pittsburgh. Yep. The Flyers probably should have won. They blew that game, and then everything just spiraled downhill from there. But you figure, okay, you know, shortened season, blah, 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 right? And, and uh, you get Carter Hart right, and, and you get a little healthier, and, you know, you'll be – you should be fine. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, when you went into the season, you know, well, what's a worst case scenario? Well, this is the worst case scenario in the end zone, yeah. right? A big, 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 big part of what happened this year, of course, is Ryan Ellis. Yeah, and, big. Uh, you know, they went in and, and counting on, on Ryan Ellis to help solidify the blue line, play 22, 24 minutes a night, be, a, be an ideal partner. For uh, Ivan Provorov, mm-hmm. you know, then all of a sudden it takes, then all of a sudden your second pairing with Sandheim and Ristolainen is a is a true second pairing. Yeah, and then you know you have you have Justin Braun on, on your third pair, and you didn't you know, and they were hoping there was still something something left in the tank for Keithy Andel. So we all know what happened, right? Uh, you only get four games uh, out of Ellis. Yeah, really three games and then one game in November. You yeah, play the first three games and then one game the rest rest of the way after that mm-hmm. and that okay well what's going on with him and there's clarity at the end of the season but it hung over the team and it still hangs over the team chris because you don't really you know you hope right you hope he's healthy but you cannot you cannot have what happened happen again no no and uh you know so the flyers may have to go in this summer depending on how his rehab goes and be realistic with themselves. Okay, do we need to address the top pairing still? Wow. And this is with, uh, you know, this is with Travis Sandheim coming off of a big year, but a year away from unrestricted free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have you have young players that have shown some promise, but they're still young players and they're still unproven. And, and so, you know, what happened this year, after Ellis goes down, that forces Justin Braun to play on the top pairing. And he was... He, steady but i mean you know he's, he's really ideally he's not on a top pairing on a, on a team with playoff aspirations he, he's a good depth guy a good penalty killer so now he moves up to the top pairing mm-hmm. um you know i mean sandheim actually had a great year and actually i i thought he, he ended up pairing pretty well with this wrist line as the season went along mm-hmm. third pair was a disaster an absolute disaster um you know, Yandel really, really struggled, and his struggles dragged down whoever he was with too. It just, it just did. You know, mm-hmm. as as good of a guy as, as Keith Yandel is off the ice, 
you know, as, as well liked as he is, and, mm-hmm. and how meritorious his career has been as a guy who's played in some All Star games and yeah, been a top offensive defenseman for a number of years. The tank was empty, yeah, and and it really it really hurt the team because the third pairing was such that you really couldn't, you know, they could play twelve minutes and might be minus two. Yes, <laughs> it wasn't always the Andals' fault, but it just right, the, just nothing clicked, nothing right. clicked. So, you know, and then then you go in. Okay, so you're without a top pairing defenseman. Your 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 pairs are all unbalanced. Your third pair is struggling. Mm-hmm. You lose your you lose your first line center for much of the year. You lose your second line center for much of the year because yep. you know the, because Hayes got re injured during camp. Yeah, and he wasn't right until March, and then he exited the lineup and finally. So that was finally a hopeful sign late in the season because from mid March till the end it looked much more like himself again for sure you know the the prognosis for for couturier should be fine and actually he, he looked yeah, if the flyers were in the playoffs he would have played mm-hmm. he might have played the last game or two of the regular season and then come back in the playoffs but there's no need to push it right now no so the prognosis with him is, is still positive and there's still plenty of good hockey and remember he had 12 points in the first 10 games yes so yeah. you know there's there's still plenty of good hockey left in, in sean couturier but you add you add up all those things that were going on, and and the, uh, you know the, Claude Giroux eventual trade hanging over the team all season long. Yeah. You know they 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 had change a, of coach, change of coach, and yeah, whatever whatever once worked with AV had stopped working by yeah. November again, again this year, and you know and and uh, you know and it was it would have been hard for any coach to stop the bleeding. Yeah. You know, and, and they couldn't do it. They they just they just couldn't. Um, things that had gone well, like the the penalty kill, was at eighty one percent at the Christmas break, mm-hmm. and tenth in the league. Okay, that was something that was going right, but in the second half it fell. <laughs> it bottomed it out. Yeah, bottomed out. The power play. It took two goals in the final day of the season to not have the worst power play season <laughs> in history. They they man they managed with those two goals in the last game beat out the 67 68 team the expansion team Jeez. so you know i mean and it and it didn't even matter who was on the power play even even Giroux, who's probably the one one of the top power play guys in the nhl in his era didn't yeah. move the needle i mean mm-hmm. it just it just it was just a you know it was just a struggle all year long so it was very hard to find you know, a lot of positive areas when you look through because the, you know there are tough seasons or seasons that don't Go the way you expect, even seasons where you might miss the postseason. But you yeah. can you, know, you go A, B, C, D. You know that that went well, and that that went uh, you know or, or better than you hoped. And the season was basically worst case scenario, straight down the line. So it was it was a very very frustrating season, and and one where, you know, frankly, it was almost a relief when it was over. Yes, I I agree. Um, so moving into the off season, and we've already heard. Um, Chuck Fletcher say they're going to have to go outside the organization to possibly bring in scoring, which is something that's been talked about for a while now. Um, if there's anything that this city is, it's not patient. So especially when it comes to the hockey team, and, and you know that better than anybody, do you see, you know, we've heard the names, the Johnny Gaudreau's, the Philip Forsberg's, you know, the possibility of um, the possibility of, of Mitch Marner maybe being on the trade block. Um, Claude Giroux just scored a goal, by the way, by the way. Um, so <laughs> fitting. Um, do you see 
Flyers having the ability to get any kind of those top-notch names to come in this offseason? Well, yeah, I mean, in, in Goudreau's case, you're going to have to create a lot of cap space. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the rumors of him wanting to play in Philadelphia, they're, they're not false. I mean, his family his family wants him here, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, he's always had interest in at least finishing his career here. This this is almost like, uh, you remember the Phillies a couple of years ago, the Mike Trout rumors, yeah. right? Yeah, and that, but that might be might be another Mike Trout kind of situation where Calgary makes it worth his while to stay. It's not that he's unhappy there, and they're a contending team, and you know, and and uh, certainly they're closer to a couple of the Flyers are right now. So it might come <laughs> down to something like that. Um, you know, you you hear, I mean, the Flyers really could use a, another first or second line center. Yeah, um, you hear Mike Mark Scheifele's name out there. That mm-hmm. would take a trade. But then you realize, okay, well, that's another big contract. That's another guy who's uh, a potential unrestricted free agent a year down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, if you're if you, if you're close to winning, okay, maybe you go for it because he's an impact player. But I don't think they're in that position. Plus, when you figure you're managing a salary cap, you know, you can only tie up so much cap room, cap space in one position. Right. And, and we were just talking about the defense. Yep. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm hoping you're not looking long-term injured reserve again for, for Allison. I'm hoping he's playing, yeah. but you can't bank on it. So right. you have to, you have to be able to hold back in case you're looking, you're in the market to, to acquire a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make a hockey trade if you can. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you hear Konechny, you hear Provorov with the same names, right. Maybe if you can extend Sanheim, he's at high value. Now you're not, you know, you don't want to trade him, but you know, if you if you're looking at a situation where he might walk in a year, then maybe you have to. Right. So, you know, I mean, there there are ways of improving the team in different ways, and and you know, and and with any free agent too, there's always the, uh, you know, there's always the term and the you know cap dollars, right? Money money will talk ultimately. Right. Um, I don't see the Flyers being able to create a ton of cap room. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say you. Like, like say, like say they try to move out JVR just as just as a name because he's a year, you know, he has one year left in his contract. Um, you know, had a pretty up and down year, but he did he did ultimately have 24 goals and mm-hmm. has you know he's a track record of being able to score 24, 25. He has a couple 30 goal seasons. He's in a contract drive year. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you're buying him out would, would not be a a smart move just because. It's two years of a cap. Hit, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're not saving that much no. relatively speaking in the last year. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good financial move. It would actually behoove them more to eat 3.5 million of the 7 million. But yeah. Then, but then, but you really need the whole 7 million of relief for, to, mm-hmm. to make an impact. Right. Um, you know, and, and other teams, other teams that are contenders, you know, the, the Flyers were one of 14 teams that exceeded the cap this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think. And which is galling when you're when you miss the playoffs by as much as the Flyers did. Yeah, they end up in a situation where, but but it's a common problem around the league because the cap ceiling is barely moved. Oh. It's a flat cap, mm-hmm. and when you add in bonuses and you know, and teams going to long term injured reserve, it's easy to end up exceeding the cap. So it's not like teams that are, would have interest in some of these guys that might help put them over the top. They're swimming in cap space. That's not the case. So, you know, 
do you want to end up in more situations like with, with Shane Goss's fair, where you're paying a team assets plus an NHL roster player for salary cap release? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, I mean, that, 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 that ends up, that ends up not helping the team in the long run. Maybe you do it once you don't want to do it with multiple players. You know, you don't want to deplete assets. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 they might be able to make one relatively big move and maybe a couple smaller moves like they mm-hmm. made in, in 2019 where, you know, they didn't make anything splashy, but Niskin was the right guy to come in and, yep. and Pitlick helped the team for the year that he was here and, and Braun helped the team for a couple of years. You know, they might be able to make smaller moves like that that help the team. You, know, you make a coaching change and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're a better team. Are you a contender? Probably not mm-hmm. you know, for, for Stanley Cup, but it should be a lot better, a lot more competitive team. I think that's within reach. But I, I think in terms of adding a ton of scoring, I think your your better bet is to try to lower your goals again significantly and increase your scoring modestly. So a couple more questions here uh, for you, Bill, and then I'll, I can get you out of here. Uh, that talk about goals against, you know, we saw, man, what we've seen, the you know, tail of the tape of the last couple of years is just so all, all over the place with Carter Hart. Um, still a young guy, obviously. Uh, where are you on, on Carter Hart, the future of Hart? I know, you know, in a couple of years, the Flyers have to make a decision if they're going to pay this guy number one goalie type money. Um, where are you on the on the future of Hart? Uh, are you confident? that if they can build something a little bit better in front of him, that we'll see the Carter Hart of a couple of years ago. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't think goaltending was a Flyers problem this year. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, you know, in 2020, 21, Hart had a definitely disappointing season. He did not play up to his capabilities. You know, if you go to the, if you go to the, uh, all-star break this year. He was at a 915 save percentage on a, on a really mm-hmm. bad team, a really yeah. struggling team. And uh that 915 would have been a 925 on a with a better team in front yep. of him. That those those are what your top echelon goalies are doing. Now he got it, you know, he had some injury issues late in the season. He wasn't he did he didn't play great late in the season, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. I think he had enough of a body of work that when the team played well and, and he was reasonably healthy and all the rest of that, he was fine. He was fine. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried about Carter Hart. Uh, I do worry a little that every season in his career, he's had some kind of injury issues. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Flyers seem that they will not be bringing back Martin Jones. The plan seems to be that Ivan uh, Fedotov or Fedotov you know, uh, will be the get the first crack at being the backup goalie next year. Obviously, totally unproven. Um, you know, mid twenties playing on the small rink for the first time, and uh, you know, so he's an he's an injury away from being your number one guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, and if and if he falters, then you're you're looking. You know, well, does it feel like Sandstrom? Do you go out and get another goalie? You know, I I don't think Carter's shown that he can play sixty games yet. That that's yeah. really that's really where my concern with the goaltending lies, but not not his ability level, not even right. the season we had this year. That you know, so that's uh, you know, I, I actually thought it was a relative positive, maybe seemed like a bigger positive two thirds of the way through the season, but I'm 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 fine with them. Uh, last question here before I get to a little bit of a game with you. Um, so the draft, the the Flyers, of course, if 
you know, one team that has to fall to five. It had to have been the Flyers, right? It's just unbelievable, uh, the luck sometimes. Now, this isn't the most deep draft in a long time. You know, next year's draft is supposed to have a really, really good class coming out. Um, from I mean, from what I from what I gather. Uh, however, in the, those top three, four, five spots, they get, get really good talent here. Um, however, if you're the Flyers, you think there's any chance they're thinking of maybe trading that fifth overall pick to a team to acquire maybe a better a better player? I don't think it's impossible. I think mm-hmm. that I think it's on the table. Thing is, when you traded your number one pick a year ago, mm-hmm. you know you don't want to get a situation where you're trading multiple first round picks. Plus, players don't have a second round pick this year. That's right. Okay, and uh, you know, so I mean, it, it's possible the Flyers make a deal for instant help that you know that that uh, would involve that fifth overall pick. Um, it's possible that they move the fifth overall pick in, in a deal where they move down. It's part of a bigger trade. You know, let, let's just say, like, uh, I think believe it's Ottawa has picks number nine and number 16, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you're doing a bigger kind of trade where you're moving one first rounder, you get two, and other picks would be moving, too. You wouldn't just do, you know, that high in the draft, a two for one. No mm-hmm. team would take that. But so, but I mean, that you know, there may be ways of getting another asset. You move down a little bit. You know, that, that might be something that's doable. Or you can just sit back and use the pick. And I know scouts always want to use the pick. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, you know, I, I know Brent Flair, the, the Flyers uh, assistant general manager who runs the draft, very much wants to use this pick. He wanted to use last year's because that's just how scouts are wired. So right. I, I would say the odds favor the Flyers keeping and using mm-hmm. it, but you never know what can happen. Uh, last question. And uh, you guys can follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Meltzer. Um, all right, so I asked Jason Martinez this question last week. And I'm going to ask you. You get to put together your top line uh, and a goalie of any player in the history that you've been alive, that you've been able to, to watch. You can't use Mario and you can't use Wayne <laughs> because that's almost like, you know, a guarantee. So you get your center, your two wingers, your two defensemen, and a goalie. Who's your starting uh, first-line center? All right, so no uh... – <laughs> Is it Flyers or any? Or you said, you and, said no. Any. Mar- Mar- okay, mm-hmm. so uh, well, hate to you know, <clears throat> hate to say this, Flyers fans, but it's uh, it's Sidney Crosby. What a complete, what a complete player. Yep. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what you build a team around. So that that's where I would start with him. You know, mm-hmm. first line, first line center. Jason said the same thing. He also was very bold in saying that he thinks he's a top five player of all time. Um, it very well might be. I, mean, I agree. And I get <laughs> crucified for that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, just, just the truth. It, it is what it is. But, yeah. So who was, uh, who's your, your wingers? My wingers, so many quality wingers. Yeah. Um, now I was fortunate enough to, you know, late in late in his career, he was finishing his career at that point. With the Hartford Whalers, but I saw Gordy Howe play. That's incredible. In, in, in 79. So if I could get a young Gordy Howe, right. See him. I, I yeah, you have to go with Gordy. He's certainly he certainly is in that top five, you know, whatever list. Right. And for the uh, you know, for left left wing, um, you know, I I would keep it in house with the Flyers. Um just because Bill Barber could play with anybody. Yeah. 
could go back and play the point if you needed him to. You know, he was a Hall of Famer who he scored 400 goals, but yeah. he never really even thought of himself as a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and he would have had 500 plus had he stayed a little healthier. His his career was done when he was 31, 32 years old. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, so he he would have had some more productive years had his knees been a little healthier. And I mean, I grew up watching him. He was a yeah. complete player. So I, you know, that would that would be uh, those would be my forwards. Um, and you have you have a little bit of everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, have, you have goal scoring. You have Gordy's toughness. The playmaker, know, playmaker, yep. who can also score. Yes. So I, I you know, I, I, yeah. And there's there's any number of other wingers you could put in there who mm-hmm. can pull up goal scorers. But I mean, yeah. I, you know, just just as a just a personal preference. Um, on defense, uh, once again, I'm gonna once again I'm going to to be a little biased here. Mm-hmm. And I, everybody who knows me knows my all-time favorite player is Mark Howe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and all-time flyer, Flyers best defenseman. And uh, people don't realize that he was a 40-goal winger who became a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. Mark Howe could do everything. Mm-hmm. And if you combine the, the WHA and the NHL, he scored 400 goals, too, between the two. So Wayne Gretzky um, always has high regards and high remarks for, for Mark Howe. Always. Any chance he gets, he always yeah. talks about Mark Howe. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he. I mean this this says it all. Plus minus is a limited stat, right? Mm-hmm. We, we all we all admit that. But eighty five, eighty six, the uh, Mark Howe was plus eighty five. Brad McCrimmon was plus eighty three. Jeez. Brad Marsh was even, and every other Flyers defenseman was a minus. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and and Mark Howe would play thirty to thirty five minutes a game. Thirty five minutes a game. That's. And uh, Unreal. You know, when he was out on the ice, half a game, the Flyers were an elite team. And the other half a game, when he wasn't on the ice, they were an average team. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's incredible. So that, uh, yeah, so, so Mark Howe is one of them uh, for, for right defense. I mean, you, you know, there's there, there so many, so many great defensemen. Um, you know, I, I think I would want a right-handed shooting defenseman mm-hmm. on the other side. Um you know, an Al McInnes type was uh, Oof. Dominant, dominant with a shot. Yeah. yeah well, that hundred mile an hour shot. <laughs> yes. With know, a wooden stick. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, a, guy like, a guy like Chelios. Yeah. Another, another hated opponent, but, a, you know, but, a, but an outstanding defenseman. I mean, you, you know, but you get the balance too. Yeah. Know, like McInnes, you know, McInnes is a big guy. Mark Howe was small. I, yeah. I, I might go with, I might go with those two. And, and in goal. Uh, I, I know, you know, goaltending has just evolved as a position so much. Yeah, you know, if, if you look at the guys who were the elite goalies when I was a kid, the Bernie Perrants and Tony Espositos, whatever, it was almost a different position. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd have a hard time going against, uh, you know, either Patrick Waugh or, or Martin Brodeur. Mm-hmm. Now you can't, especially in the playoffs, can't go wrong with either of them. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly. incredible. Great list. Yeah, I. I didn't expect some of those names. So I'll, I'll, I love it. Um, uh, Bill, I want to thank you so much, man. What do you have coming up that we can look out for? Um, anything we could catch you online doing, maybe showing up on some podcasts. What do you have coming up? Yeah. Uh, well, Jason Martinez and I do the uh, Flyers daily podcast. We do Mondays with Meltzer and some, you know, some <laughs> other occasional ones during, during the week, but every, every Monday I'm on there. Awesome. Um, uh, I, I do articles for the Flyers website. 
it's funny, you know, like just, just real quick, you know, the, the game previews in season where are, are they're called five things. Yep. And the game, the game wrap up the analysis is post game five. I was thinking like, wow, that, that's over 810 things. This yes. <laughs> so if you can do it for that season, you can do it for any season. Right. It was not, not that, uh, you know, <laughs> But uh, at any rate, so that that's in season. But during during the off season, we'll be doing a lot of stuff, uh, some updates on prospects in the system. Uh, we'll be doing the usual mock draft that we do, uh, coverage of the development camp, and just mm-hmm. leading into uh, into next season. So that's uh, you know those those are the main things. I'm a, and um you know I still I still blog on Hockey Buzz every day, mm-hmm. and uh, and also. Also, just uh, I'm the content manager for the Flyers Alumni Association. Mm-hmm. So we have some pretty cool events coming up. The annual uh, Alumni Golf Invitational is coming up in June. Mm-hmm. And then this fall, uh, we're bringing back an event called Friday Night Fights, where we bring back some of the notable tough guys, not just Flyers, but mm-hmm. some of their rivals too. And it raises money for charity. You know, it's, it's a, a question answer thing with, videos and dinner and all the rest of that too so that that, that was a lot of fun unfortunately the, the pandemic yeah. got in the way the last couple of years but mm-hmm. it, it'll be coming back this fall so yeah all, all good stuff all stuff i'm looking forward to that's awesome bill you're one of the best in the business what you do man and you've been doing it for a long time so thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it oh my pleasure anytime